Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Family Gossip Podcast. I'm Mina. And I'm Michelle. And thanks so much for tuning in. We drop new episodes every Wednesday. If you want to know exactly when we drop a new episode, follow us on our Instagram at Family Gossip Podcast. All right, we hope you guys are all having a good day today. We are going to start off with our bright moments. Take it away, Michelle. Okay, so my bright moment was today, and... I got to see my son dance today. It made me so happy because usually I'm like in clinical, so I don't even get to see him. Mm-hmm. But I finished clinical this semester. I got to watch him and they're doing this thing where they have the parents come in and film the kids so they, they get used to their recital, mm-hmm. like dance recital. Yeah. So they don't panic on the day that it happens. Yeah. And he was just so good. I was so proud of He's him. He's so cute. All the it's videos so are always cute. so cute. I love it so much. And then... I was just so proud, and he kept, like, smiling at me, and I was like, <laughs> He's so smiley. He's one of the smiliest kids. I love that. Yeah, but I get to see my daughters next week, because they just finished learning their routine today, oh. so I'll get to film her next week, and I'm really excited to see her progress, too, but Aww. it just makes me so happy to see them enjoying it, you know? Yeah! yeah so. Aww. That's a great bright moment. Mm-hmm. Your turn. All right, so... If you guys notice my voice sounding weird, that's because I'm having an allergy attack this episode. I think Michelle had one, like, last episode or the previous episode. But, yeah. Okay, so that has to do with my bright moment. So my bright moment is not that I had an allergy attack, but um, I went hiking today. Well, it's just part of the story. So uh, I went hiking today and accidentally ended up hiking eight miles, and truly it was horrible. Not because it was eight miles, but because I had such a terrible allergy attack, I was sneezing so much. Like, not just, like, a nice little sneeze, like, controlled here and there. It's like the achoo, choo, 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 right? And you could, like, you're not even finished sneezing and you're on to the next sneeze. And I ended up peeing my pants. She seriously sounds awful when she it's, has her allergy attack. Do you ever get that choo, 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 or is that just a me thing? You know, I... I... I get, like, asthma attacks from the allergies. So oh, I don't interesting. Really, I do sneeze, but it's more of, like, a coughing that I... Oh, it's the sneezing. But you know what, you guys? She brought it on herself. She doesn't even take regular, like, allergy I know. Meds. I I'm take... like, you have to take that stuff every day. I know. Like, I pop a zerty here and there. You and can't I think do it's that. Good. It doesn't work that way. So I'm just like, dude. I know. I know. <laughs> it, was, it was my fault. So anyway, And I should have known. We went hiking. But, like, you know, I popped a zerty. I did some flonase here and there. That's the so, only one you can use PRN. I know. I know. Oh my God. Lesson learned. So anyways, I um, ended up peeing my pants, like, not just, like, a little spritz, like, peeing my pants, right? Had to hike eight miles <laughs> doing oh that. God. And then I, like, did not eat any food. Wait, like, did you pee your pants because of stress incontinence? Yeah. Oh, oh my God. I know. Okay. I know. I'm bad. Um. So then, wait, what does stress incontinence mean? Just, like, the pressure? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um. One thousand percent. Oh my god! I know. You need to do some pelvic floor exercises. I know. Chester was like, "You need to do some Kegel exercises." I was like, "Dude, I know." Um. But anyways, so you told Chester you beat your face. Yeah. No, because I like sneeze and I was like, "Oh my god, I just beat my (laughs) pants." But you're probably like, "How does this all lead up?" You know what it's called though. To the bright moment. What? Peeing and sneezing. It's called sneezing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I've never I heard of that. I only know that because you pee your pants a lot when you, from sneezing when you're pregnant because of all the pressure from the baby. Yeah. So. I know. It's really concerning that I've never been pregnant and I pee this easily. <laughs> but anyways, I like, it did not eat beforehand and we ended up like accidentally hiking eight miles oh. and I was so hungry. I legit thought I was going to pass out and I ran out of water. Things were just not going well. Things Jeez. were really not going well. 
And so then we finally finished the hike. I'm like dead, right? So we go to this restaurant and they had us sitting at a table like super close to the table next to us. Mm -hmm. Like we could hear their conversation. Mm -hmm. I always hate that. And so I could not stop sneezing. But I like felt so self-conscious because I thought everyone thought I had COVID or something, right? So I kept like sneezing. I'd be like, oh, these darn allergies. (laughs) Like, oh, allergy season, right? And like the guy who was sitting at the table next to us, he's just like this older dude. And like, he kind of had, like, RBF, right? Oh. So I was like, this guy probably hates me, right? Oh. Like, I keep sneezing. I'm sure it's gross. Like, I get it. But, like, there's literally nothing I can do at this mm-hmm. point, right? And so I'm like, ah, oh, this guy's such a crank. Which, this is totally a judgment on my on my part, right? Mm-hmm. You were just like, judging him on his face. I was judging him based off of the idea that he was judging me. Oh. Even though I had no reason to think that. I just yeah. felt like he had, like, a grumpy-looking face. Oh, poor guy. So then I'm sneezing the heck out of there, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, after a while, I'm, like, sneezing, and the guy Wait, goes... were you sitting inside? Yeah. Oh, shoot, it still didn't go away? No. That sucks. So then I'm sneezing, and then the guy looks at me, and he goes, Bless you! Oh! And I was like, oh, thank you. I was like, I'm so sorry I keep sneezing. And he was like... Oh, yeah, that was me all this morning. I totally get it. Oh. I was like, I know, this darn allergy season. And then that was such a lesson for me. Like, oh. here I am, like, so self-conscious that this guy is, like, totally hating me yeah. because I keep sneezing. And he was a perfectly pleasant man. Oh. And I was like, wow, yeah. this is my bright moment because, like, people are nice, you yeah. know? And you're just so preoccupied with what they think about you that you don't even, like, give them the opportunity to, like, be kind. Yeah. Yeah. You know, though, it's, would you rather sneeze or cough if from allergies? I'd rather cough. Really? Because sneezing? I had, I had like, that whole asthma coughing fit from, mm-hmm. like, allergies when it first started up. And you, you heard me all the time, and I was coughing. You were. I was coughing in clinical all day, and I'm just like, allergies? It's not COVID, it's allergies. I had to keep apologizing for it, because I was just, like, constantly being like, eh, eh. Oh my gosh. I try to hide it and I remember Coughing's annoying one too. girl literally in my clinical group, she's like, Are you okay? Because I have been coughing all clinical and I was like, Yeah, it's allergies. Oh my gosh. But, I don't know. I think sneezing's annoying because it really like tires me out. Like nothing tires me out more than sneezing. Yeah. And just like your nose running yeah. and then just like peeing. <laughs> yeah. I I would much rather cough, but obviously yeah. I'm saying that right now because I'm sneezing. No, I feel like coughing is slightly more tolerable than sneezing yeah and you're not i mean you're not spraying as much everywhere yeah yeah so that's my bright moment it's just like don't judge people and don't judge people who you think are trying to judge you (laughs) or who are judging you (laughs) (laughs) do you get what i'm saying yeah i think you should just assume that people aren't judging i know most people don't even care man i know but we were sitting so close to them and my sneezing was out of control yeah yeah you do sound kind of gross when you sneeze though thank you it's all like wet (laughs) ew i'm sorry (laughs) okay so enough about my sneezing today's topic wow i said that weird today's topic is our biggest fears. All right, so we're just gonna like dive into it, and we each have four things each of things that we're scared of. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I think that's really all the explanation it needs. Yeah, um, I think these are gonna be more complex fears though, because like obviously I'm very scared of bugs and spiders. Oh, true. But I'm I'm not gonna really talk about that because a like, lot of people are scared of that. Yeah, like, who we're cares? just talking about like more complex like fears that we have in general. Yes, that's a yeah. good way to put it. Okay. All right. 
So I guess I can start yeah. since you started with Bright Moment. Okay. So my first fear. And oh my I think, god! I wrote this first, and you put it down. Oh, too. did you? Okay. Yeah. Well, then you, well you can piggyback. So the first thing I'm scared of, and I think everyone, at some point, has like had the same fear, <laughs> is dying alone. And when I wrote this, I thought I knew what I was talking about, but now that I'm like really dissecting it, mm-hmm. I don't think I really know what I mean by that. Because <laughs> dying alone could be like literal, like dying alone like Mm. in a hospital room alone Mm. or like on the side of the road somewhere or it could be like never like getting married Mm -hmm. and dying alone Mm -hmm. right because I think a lot of people mean it that way Mm. and I think at one point mine was like I think I'm gonna die alone like I'm not gonna get married but I don't think that's really gonna happen right I was talking to our mom the other day Mm. and I was like you know I think I'm gonna die alone like I think I'm gonna end up alone and mommy goes impossible she has a lot of faith in you i know she really does (laughs) but okay i think what i mean by this is dying physically alone Mm. right i think especially after working in the hospital you see people actually die alone yeah and it's like really tragic but um my old job they did a really really good job of like trying to make sure no one ever died alone yeah they have this program called noda do you know what that is no no one dies alone. Noda. Oh, yes. Yeah. I was thinking that, but I was thinking it was a T, so I couldn't come up with the T. That okay. makes sense. Oh, D is in dog. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so my old job, like, we were so busy, right? Like, we were just running back and forth all the time, and sometimes people would have patients who were really, really sick, and you had a feeling they were probably going to die that shift, right? Yeah. But you can't, like, camp out in their room yeah, forever. Yeah, because you got other patients. Yeah, you have other patients to take care of. You just yeah. can't do that. Because if you camp out in their room, another patient might die. Exactly. Yeah. So... Um, a lot of times we knew people, you know, it would kind of be on everyone's radar, like, hey, this patient's probably going to die tonight. Yeah. Um, just kind of, like, everyone be aware. Yeah. And we did this thing where, like, if you, if you were looking at the vitals monitor and you see everything kind of, like, downtrending, mm-hmm. you're like, oh my gosh, this person's probably dying right now. Because, like, the easiest way is you look at their heart rate and if it, once it starts dropping, they're dying, right? Yeah. Essentially. And so anyone would just run in that room and stand there or, like, hold the person's hand oh, or whatever. Or just so, like, sad. Like, yeah. in a good way, but it's, like, that's so sad. So we would just run in there and oh, stand I there. I cry this episode, I'm guys. sorry. No, this makes me so sad. And sometimes, like, you would just barely make it in. Like, this one time, there was, like, no one around. It wasn't even my patient. I saw they were starting to die. So I ran in there. I didn't even, like, make it to their hand. I was just, I, like, crossed the th- threshold and the person died. Oh. And then I walked out and the nurse was like, thank you so much for going in there like I'm sorry I couldn't get in there right and so that to me is like one of the saddest things ever and like there's a part of me that believes at that point that patient is like kind of already gone you know are they really dying alone like not really but the idea but on the off chance that they still are there to die in that way is like so sad right um but a thing we used to do which like I actually had never seen before I worked on that unit Mm -hmm was we had a lot of people die so i think they had a lot of traditions for it um we would print out their um these strips with their heart rate on it mm-hmm. and then we would save the part where their heart stopped beating yeah and we'd give it to their family like this is their last moments of life you know what when i was like thinking about this i was like if our parents ever end up in the hospital i would love to keep their strip and that would be the one thing i ever got tattooed 
Wow. I was like, I would tattoo their strips onto me. Yeah. I, like, never thought of that, and I was like, that is Wait, so Wait, did we meaningful. explain what strips were for people who don't... It's just, them? like, the electrical reading of your heart, yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it monitors, like, the electrical currents, and yeah. it can show... You can see, like, when it beats and when it moves down to this part of the heart, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I think I used to be really, really scared of dying alone, but I think I feel better about it now, like, especially having worked in a place like that, where I know, like, people are going to do everything in their power not oh to let God, me die I'm alone. so emotional. Oh, no, <laughs> I'm so sorry. It makes me so sad. Or, like, I took care of this patient who, like, they, we knew he was dying, but he was, like, really hanging on, and his family had been camping out all day, like, for days, right? And, like, this guy just, like, was not ready to die right and so the family was like you know what we're kind of tired we think we're gonna go home and like take a shower and kind of like rest like please call us as soon as you think you know he's nearing it and their hotel wasn't like super close or anything and so i had been taking care of him and i kind of mentioned to the provider like hey i really think he's like starting to die and the provider's like no he's been holding on all day like i don't think so and i was like okay And I'm, like, looking at everything, and I'm, you know, a couple, like, 30 minutes later, I'm like, hey, I, like, really think you should call them. Like, I really think he's getting close. And she's like, nope, nope, nope. And then, like, you know, 10 minutes go by, and she, like, walks by the room. She's like, oh, we should call them. And I was like, yeah. So she calls them, and I knew they were not going to make it in time. I knew, right? And I was like, I need to sit with this man. And do I really think he was there probably not right but, but I, they but they do like think that people are still there maybe i don't no, know no, they, there's been studies but that they're still there and that hearing's the last thing to go oh yeah well so that's actually good to know because i was like okay this man's old i was like what type of music does he like i was like he probably likes like the beatles or something i was like can't go wrong with the beatles yeah so i played here comes the sun and oh he, i love that song and he died holding my hand listening to here comes the sun oh that's so sad Oh and then God. his family came five minutes later, and I'm it was sound terrible. So boogery, you guys. <laughs> it's fine. I sound boogery. Oh, it's so sad. <laughs> yeah. So I I don't know why I just told all those stories because that has nothing to do with me being scared of dying alone. But I think you like see things, and you're just like, I'd never want to be alone. I'd never want anyone else to be alone. No, control it, Michelle. Control it. I need tissues. I should. Okay, wait. We're gonna take a pause, and we're gonna oh get some tissues. God. Okay. All right, guys. We are back. Michelle has some tissues. I have a snack. We're feeling better. <laughs> so, sorry I went on, on such a tangent and made Michelle cry. <laughs> yeah. But all that to say, I would really not like to die alone. Sorry, I think guys. that's... I, I just cry really easily. Yeah. Like, I, pro- I might cry more this episode. I don't know. That's okay. That's how you know we keep it real here on Family Gossip Podcast. But basically, my point is, I just really don't want to die alone. It just does not seem fun, and I hope no one ever has to die alone. Okay. Michelle's turn. Okay. So, I mean, I also wrote dying alone um i think mina's i wasn't even sure how you like you're just not afraid of it anymore i used to be very afraid of like dying physically alone right i see but now i feel a little bit better because i know that people try really hard in the hospital to make sure that doesn't happen yeah yeah okay so for me my dying alone is kind of different i see so many older people just like suffer loneliness Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like that's what i mean by alone like physically alone that's fine but like if i 
like it'd be fine if I knew that I was like loved and I right. had like a lot of people around me, you know. And if I just died in a chair at home by myself, like fine, mm-hmm. you know. But if I'm like socially alone, yeah, 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 that's what scares me the most because it's so isolating being old, it you is. know. And I get very scared. I'm like very scared of aging. Not like. I mean, like, physically, yeah, it's scary because, like, there's a lot of aging things that suck, right? Yeah. Like, you know, you start hurting all over and just yeah. whatever, right? But, like, socially, that's the one that scares me the most. <sighs> You're right. I didn't even think about that. That's even way, that's way worse than dying physically alone. I read this New York Times article about what happens to someone who dies socially alone. And it made me so sad. Like, they talk about how, like, they have to call people to clean out your stuff, and it just all gets tossed. And it's just so heartbreaking to see that these people had nobody, you know, and it makes me so sad. Oh, man, I'm starting to get emotional again. But that's what I'm scared of, so I always, like, pray that I'll die young. Like, young-ish, you know? I'll be happy, I know, 75 like... is a solid age. Like, oh, that's... shoot, I was probably die earlier than that. Oh, 75 is, like, my my number. Seems Dang. like a good time to die. Like, I get pretty, like, scared to see how, like, older people get treated, you know? Like, you hear everybody, I mean, like, everybody's saying, like, Boomer and Karens and all this stuff, and it's just sad. You know what I'm saying? Like, But they're not talking about true elderly people. They're yeah, talking about, like, 40 and 50-year-olds. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, as you age... Like, there's always, like, the generations kind of, like, have, like, some friction, you know? Right. But I'm kind of scared to see that, like, happen. You know? Like, how people start treating me as I age. Will, like, my opinion be, like, less valuable? Will I be viewed as less in society? Because you always see that happen to older people, you know? And I feel like in the U.S., the way elders are treated, it's a little bit, like sad you know yeah other countries do such a good job of really respecting and valuing their elders yeah so it's just sad to me i i see so many elderly people in nursing homes and i understand like it's very difficult to care for somebody yes but that is something that i've like sworn to myself you know like i will never ever let my parents go into a nursing home Mm-hmm. unless like they need medical equipment but i will try to figure out a way to bring that medical equipment yeah. to the house you know like like all of us are probably going to be in the medical field you know like yeah. our brothers going to med school like there's no reason for us not to be able to take care of our parents and i like hope... we're most equipped to do it yeah. so there's no excuse for yeah. it yeah and i know that there are good nursing homes out there but like there's so many bad ones you know so yeah. i'm just scared of like what will happen to us as we decline you yeah. know and I get really scared, too, because I know that Mina will probably be, like, so happy old because she's great at talking to people, but me, I'm not, and I'm scared that, like, as I get older, I'll start talking to people less and less, Mm. and I just... Exacerbates your loneliness. Yeah, Yeah. so I get very scared of that. I think about it all the time. I'm like, Erin, like, you have to make sure that you die after me because there's no way that I can handle, Yeah. you know? Oh, my God, I'm so sad. Oh, no. No. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm like... People are like, oh, well, you have kids. And I'm like, I cannot expect that my kids will be my social connection all the time. You know, you can't put that pressure on your kids, Yeah, right? like, yeah. Because they'll have their own families at that yeah. point. Yeah, and, and I mean, I hope that they'll still, like, care and love for me. Right. And love me and, like, all that stuff. But it's not something that, you know, so how it's a lot of people... It's not convenient, yeah. A, a lot of people expect their kids to be the retirement plan. I don't want to put that pressure on my kids. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, they... I hope that they have their own lives and that they love me enough 
when they're older to mm-hmm. include me in it. Mm-hmm. You know, so I just get very scared of that. That's but, yeah. scary. So I'm like, oh my god, like our grandma, she like my mom did such a good job taking care of her. Yeah. And like it was so hard, but like my mom's like happy. She like I think mommy is a better nurse than I am. Mommy's a great nurse. Yeah. She she could have been like if I she, think if she had the opportunity, she would have been a phenomenal nurse. Yeah, she's so good. Yeah. But at our grandma's funeral. Oh my god, this is so sad. Oh no! Don't make yourself cry. <laughs> I'm already crying. It's too late. At our grandma's funeral, our mom said, "Thank you for giving me the opportunity to take care of you." Oh my god! So sad. No. <laughs> You're right. I'm just like, oh, mom's the best. I know. So I'm like, man, I hope that, like, I will have the opportunity to take care of my parents. Yeah. You know? Like. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is a mess. <laughs> Okay. Uh, it's just that type of thing. <laughs> okay, do you have more to say? Is this going to get worse or should we move on? Well, I just hope that you guys will still be around and that will be Who's you guys? like uh, siblings and oh, family. Yes. But our grandma was the last in her family to die and she cried about it all the time. Yeah. And it makes me so sad. <laughs> Stop! I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but I think we need to cap it there. (laughs) I'm trying to do some damage control. (laughs) Okay, okay. I'm just looking at the sound waves on the computer right now, and they're, like, giant. I'm so sorry, Mita. No, that's fine. Don't apologize. Oh, I'm trying to keep it in, but I'm so sad. Okay, okay. So, next thing I'm scared of... Is okay, and I I said this to Michelle the other day, and she was like, "What? This is one of your biggest fears." And hear me out, guys, before you judge me, because I think it's absolutely valid. Okay, okay. So my next biggest fear is getting divorced or having an unsuccessful marriage. And it's not that like I define my life by my marriage or whatever, right? But as someone who's not married yet. It's something I'm definitely looking forward to, right? And I think will be a very meaningful and valuable part of my life, as it is for most people, right? Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, today in modern times, like, I've really gotten to see that, like, sometimes divorce really is better, right? Mm -hmm. Actually, a lot of times it is. Like, I have plenty of friends who are like, I know my parents are just staying together for us, right? But they're so miserable and it makes everyone else miserable. I really wish they would just get divorced so they could be happy and move on. And then we can all be happy, right? So I know that it can actually be a, a good thing. Yeah. But I just really, really don't want to get divorced because especially as someone who's been through, like, a big breakup with someone in a long-term relationship and maybe five years isn't long for most people but to me that's very long that's a good amount of time that's that's half a decade right and just you know me struggling through that and the pain of that and like coming out of it I'm like holy cow like if this is just what it's like in a relationship imagine divorce I just don't even know how I'd handle it I I think I would die I think I would die. Especially, like, if you have kids involved, you know, if you've been together for, like, 10, 20, 30 years. Like, mm. how do you even do that? Divorce is pretty scary, yeah. Yeah, I just can't even wrap my head around the fact that you have someone in your life and they were, at one point, the most important person in your life, right? Yeah. The person who knew everything about you, the person who you loved enough to have kids with, blah, blah, yeah. blah, right? 
you know every single detail about their life and then how do you just not even know about them anymore yeah you know how do you i mean usually parents who have like kids and then they get divorced they're still involved in each other's life but like imagine if you didn't have kids you you divorced and you just like moved on yeah how are you okay with that that's just something i can't come to terms with and that's so that's so so scary to me but but then you also see you just said that divorce can be good so why don't you see that like factor in it too so i know that right yeah but it's hard yeah yeah like i still don't want to go through it no one wants to go through it yeah I don't, I don't know. think anyone wants to go through it, but, I mean, amicable divorces are possible, you know? Yeah. Like some people realize they grow apart, and that's fine. And I believe that, right? But I just, I don't want to lose the pain of it. I don't, I don't think anyone Nobody does. wants to, so, yeah. and that's why it's a fear of mine. Yeah. Yeah. Because I just don't think I could handle it. I don't know. I, I think you're underestimating your strength, but in okay. the first place, yeah. I don't think you will go through one you seem very like thoughtful about your relationships you know and i, I feel so. that people who think thoroughly in their relationships will probably work things out you know i think so but it's always not just about me right it's about my partner in the situation yeah. too and hopefully i choose wisely but yeah you never know people change that's true but yeah. i feel like a lot of i mean if you look at divorce statistics one of their biggest things is is that it's money Ugh. so like it's always so just be rich and don't worry about it. <laughs> I mean, I think being rich, like, brings stuff with it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you always see those rich people getting prenups and married, yeah. like, ten times. Yeah. But I think, you know, just having goals and going along those goals together, it should... Like, just don't do things you know you shouldn't do. Yeah, you know? and just have your values align. And... Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, I think it's just very daunting to me because, like, you know, especially knowing the divorce rate is 50% in America, right? It's like, you no, know. No, no, I think it's actually a lot lower than that because the 50% is people who keep re-divorcing. Oh. Uh, so that adds to the numbers. Oh. Uh, yeah. So it's like the same, like, like couple They're just people. ruining. They just keep <laughs> divorcing over and over again. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't even think about yeah, that. Yeah, because people marry a lot later these days, so, and people divorce a lot less. In general, oh. yeah. But it's just Good the to know. people who keep doing stuff over and over again. <laughs> They're ruining the stats. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just... I don't know. I, I think about this sometimes. Like, I'm at the age where people are starting to get engaged or get yeah. married or whatever. And it's, like, a lot of people. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to all these weddings. And it's, like, so exciting. I'm so happy for my friends yeah. and my family or whatever. Yeah. But then you just think, like, some of these people, you go to their weddings... They might end up getting divorced. I know one girl in our class who's already divorced. She eloped and then divorced. And oh. then is with somebody else now. I just... It, it's crazy. I'm just like, how? I, I I can't even wrap my head around it. I, yeah. I just don't even know what that would entail. And it's like, you know, sometimes it is out of your control. You can try all you want, but if your partner's not with it, yeah. like, not with you, it, it doesn't matter what you do. Yeah. If they want out, they're going to get out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But think about it. Aren't you glad that... It's a more acceptable option these days. Yeah. Like, people yeah. back then were, like, abused to, like, heck, you yeah, know? They're and stoned they're or, yeah, they're stoned. But I think oh, the oh, right is also oh, high. Well, <laughs> you were saying one thing and I was saying something else. Okay. <laughs> well, no, I was going to say it's more acceptable to, like, yes. leave a bad marriage. Yes. You know what I'm saying? You don't yes. have to be stuck in a very abusive or, yeah. like, dangerous situation because that's what society expects. So I think yeah. that's why divorce rates are, like, higher because people can leave bad situation yeah that's true that's a good way to think of it or so i guess maybe i'm not afraid of divorce i'm afraid of an unsuccessful marriage i think you're afraid of dealing with pain that can come from a failed relationship 
Oh, Michelle, you just have a way of wording things. So good. So good. It's like, okay, I have all these, like, all this word vomit that comes out, and you just, like, wrap it up in a pretty bow, Mm. you know? But, like, yeah, I just don't want to have an unsuccessful relationship because I I wouldn't want to stay married, too, and also be miserable. Yeah. I wouldn't want my partner to resent me. Like, I hope that I'm in love with whoever I do marry for a majority of the time. I mean, all the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hopefully all the time, yeah. but, like, okay, all the time. Okay. I, didn't, I, I didn't know if it was a gamble to say that. <laughs> no, no, you should love someone all the time, even if you get mad at them. Yes. You, like, inherently love them, Yes, you know? yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> You'll be okay, Vita. I hope so. I really, yeah. really hope so. Michelle thinks that because I'm so scared of divorce or, like, an unsuccessful relationship, that that will not happen to me. So hopefully like, she's right. You're not going to jump into things willy-nilly, you know? Like... Yeah, I think I'm pretty, like, uh... Like, I guess thoughtful. Is there intentional behind Intentional, it? yes. Yeah, yeah, so it's, like, if you're gonna get married, I know it's gonna be something you thought about a lot, that you know that your goals align. I really discern. And that you guys yeah. will grow together. Thank you. you. Know? Thank so, you. I, I'm not worried about you. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> All right, your turn. Okay, so, my second biggest fear is my children's futures. So, <sighs> Obviously, I mentioned this what, in the episode where I wanted to improve about how, like, I worry that I don't spend enough time with my kids. Mm-hmm. And so, right now, based up for their future, I'm worried about, like, balancing family and career. You know? That's just something hard that you have to do when you yeah. have kids. Yeah. So, that's a big one. And then, you know, like... Because I follow the news so much, and I have to take mental health breaks from it, you, you know? You really do, yeah. Yeah, so I I purposely do it sometimes, but, you know, with social media, and the news is everywhere. It's yeah. really hard to escape it, unless you, like, completely live under a rock, you mm-hmm. know? Like, even when I'm in the hospital and not looking at my phone, the patients will have their TV on, and I'll be like, of course, there's the news. See, you the know? good thing about working in peds, you're just watching Coco and Milano all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, well... I mean, I work with adults, so I see the news. It's always, like, a lot of doomsday stuff, unfortunately. And so, like, with the news, you're always hearing about everything that goes wrong, you know? Because the news has a negativity bias. It's what sells. And so, like, it makes me scared for my kids. And you see how kids are having, like, worse and worse mental health these days, even though they're, like, good kids overall. Like, people are having sex way later. There's less drinking and driving. Like, kids are just way better these days, right? But because... But they're still being depressed. Like, they're just saying that, like, because of social media and, like, the news and, like, all that stuff just constantly following them around, it's really ruining them. I'm so scared about social media with my future kids. Yeah, I... I definitely hope to have, like, a conversation because I already have, like, less social media than other people. You do. You're good at it. But sometimes I worry that I'm missing out, you know? No, you're not. You're not. I can tell you you're not. Yeah, yeah. But, like, I I wouldn't know because I don't have it, right? Yeah. Like, I don't have TikTok. I don't have any of that stuff. I'm, I'm always behind on the trends or whatever, which doesn't really matter because I don't care that much. But I'd still like to be in the know. Yeah. You know? And I hope my kids are resilient enough to feel the same way. That they yeah. don't have to have social media to have friends. Yeah. You know? And... Or to be face, cool or yeah, whatever. and, like, to keep up. So I don't want them to feel completely left out. Like, I won't outlaw it, but I hope that there's some control to it. Yeah. You know? You know, but, as someone who has social media yeah. and, like, is moderately active on it, like, I only have an Instagram and a Facebook. Um, excuse me, I have to burp. 
Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was so nasty. I told myself I wouldn't do this on the podcast, but oh well. <laughs> um, I only have Facebook and Instagram, really. Yeah. And I would say I'm, like, pretty secure myself. But, like, every once in a while, you're like, oh, I'm, like, too wrapped up in someone else's life. Right? Yeah. I'm too invested in this. I can, like, feel it coming on. Yeah. I'll be like, okay, time to take two weeks off. Time yeah. to take a month off. Yeah. And you just have to, like, be in touch with your feelings and your emotions and being like, okay, I'm not having good emotions. Time to click it off for a little bit. And when yeah. I feel better, I will come back. No, I start to feel that way. Like, sometimes, like, I, I do have Facebook just because I want to stay connected with some people. Mm-hmm. Like, especially the people in Vietnam. Yeah, it's I, so cool that we're able to do that. Yeah, yeah. but, like, what if I start scrolling it too much, I purposely, like, start feeling a certain type of way. And I'm like, I'm closing this. Yeah. I, I don't like the way I'm feeling right now. You just really have to be in touch with your feelings. Yeah, but I, I hope that my kids will develop that, you know? Like, mm-hmm. recognize that social media is not the truth. It's not everything's real on there, you yeah. know? It just shows you a very select part of people's lives. And people want to look good on social media. Why would they want to look bad? So right. So you have to take everything with a grain of salt. And then, again, in the news, we're always seeing, like, oh, the world's going to end, climate change, like, all this political stuff, you know? And I get worried for them about what they're going to have to face, especially the climate change thing. Yeah. You know, we're always hearing like, oh, it's irreversible now. Everything's screwed. And like, what can you even do about it? You know, like, like it's so many factors that come into play. And so I just hope that the future generations, they can handle it because I don't even know how to handle it. You know, like we're not in the position of power and yeah, we can do our little part. But we also need, like, the corporations and the government and everything to, like, play a part, too. Yeah. You know? But, and then the last thing that I worry about is, will my kids still love me when they know my faults? Because right now they're little, right? And you're perfect. You're an angel to them. Yeah, they, like, believe that I'm, like, awesome. Like, what else do they know? They don't know anything, right? Yeah. And then when I grow, when they grow up and I grow older, like, and they just start to see me, like, it's not, like a perfect mom anymore will those will they still love me so i get scared yeah. that's gotta be really hard for like i think about our mom yeah. right because like you know as i've grown older i'm like oh yeah my parents definitely are not perfect like i still think they're absolutely amazing yeah. and i'm like so blessed that those that was the family we were born into yeah. but like wow <laughs> they're really not perfect right yeah but i think you you have to think about the way you feel about our parents too like yeah. the amount of love that you have for them despite knowing they have flaws I hope I can be, like, our parents are not perfect, but I hope I can be as good of parents as they are to us. Yeah. You know? Like, they still got things to work on. I still have a ton of we things to We all do, work yeah. On. yeah. Yeah. But I just hope that my kids still feel like, like, I can be a lifeline for them if anything ever goes wrong. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. I'm sure they will. So, I, I'm, yeah. I'm just scared about my children's future in general. <laughs> yeah. You know? And how our relationship and what... what will happen. I can't wait to become a mom and become a worry wart all the time. <laughs> oh my God. I stay up at night thinking about that stuff sometimes and it's really bad. That sucks. So that's when I need to pretend to be wrong. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> okay. The next thing that is my biggest fear is my mom dying. For anyone who knows me in real life, you guys know that my mom is my everything. Like, I have a soul connection with my mother. Like, my mom is like my sun and my moon. Okay. Do I sound obsessed and crazy yet? A Maybe. Bit. <laughs> but like I love my mom so much, right? Like I just I don't know, I've always felt so connected with her. And 
I just don't know what I'm going to do when my mom dies. Because it's going to happen. Obviously, it's going to happen, right? And, like, I'm you know, ho- <laughs> hopefully she dies before me because I'd be pretty messed up if I died before her, right? Like, yeah. I wouldn't want that to happen. Yeah. Because that would be really hard for her, yeah. right? And, like, for everyone else, if I died super young. Um, Are you crying, too? No, it's oh. my allergies. <laughs> I'm crying, guys. Sorry. <laughs> I just, like, we've had, you know, grandparents die. But truly, we haven't. I mean, luckily, we haven't really had major tragedy in our family, right? Oh, knock on wood. Yeah, hopefully not anytime soon. Hopefully not ever. But when my mom dies, like, I just have this feeling I'm going to fall into a deep, deep depression. Because I just cannot even imagine a world without her. So I don't know what I'm supposed to do then. What do I do? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sad. Yeah. And not that I don't care about anyone else dying, right? Like, obviously, I'm going to be devastated when my dad dies. I'm going to be devastated when Michelle dies, Matthew dies, whatever. She's one of your best friends. But my mom is, like, truly my best friend. She's, like, my person. Yeah. Right? There's, like, honestly, there's no one I love more than my mom. <laughs> and I'm always like, I'm gonna sing at my mom's funeral. Cause I, guys, I literally just want to sing every day all the time, right? So I'm always like, I hope this person lets me sing at their wedding. I hope this person lets me sing at their funeral. Blah blah blah, right? But like, I really want to sing at my mom's funeral. But I think the entire time I'm just gonna, <laughs> and it's gonna be so bad. Cause I sang at my grandma's funeral and it was not as good as I would have liked it to be. Cause I was like crying a little bit. So I know I thought it was good. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but I think it'll be really bad if I sing at my mom's funeral. So basically the gist of this is I don't really know how I'm going to handle it when my mom dies, but I think I will not handle it well. And I think it'll be really hard too because at that point, you know, hopefully I would have been married and have kids and stuff. And it's like, it's really hard to grieve when you're like the parental figure, I, I assume, right? And you have to stay strong for your kids too, right? And you you have to like, you know, be resilient, and you still have other people to take care of, and, like, be responsible for it, so I hope that, like, if my mom dies while I have kids and stuff, that I can still do a good job of mothering them, but still, like, grieve properly, and still honor my mom properly, but not, like, neglect my kids, because I'm so sad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, my next point... Dude, you should take a cry break again. No, because I'm probably going to keep crying because my next point is, like, related to yours. It's about our parents growing old and dying. Oh, I'm so sad. <laughs> should but, we post this podcast? <laughs> you really think it's that bad? I'm I don't, sorry. I don't I know. I don't keep it right. I don't guys. know. I just feel bad that you're crying so much. Because we're, like, my biggest fears are, like, the things that make me the saddest in life. This so, was a bad idea. Uh, <laughs> I thought I would be more emotionally better, but I'm not. It's okay. Uh, but yeah, I'm very scared of your parents' age and dying. Because I can't imagine a world without them either. Yeah. I told Aaron, like, Aaron, I think if I find out that my parents die, I'm probably going to fall over. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And just like... Like, just go into shock, you know? Because yeah. I love them a lot, too. Obviously, Mina has a closer relationship with our mom. Because they're, like, almost like twins. It's actually kind of gross. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, yeah, I love my parents, too. And, like, we do, like, have issues and stuff. But I love them a lot. So, yeah. <laughs> That's it. I just don't want to watch them get old. And I get scared. That's, like, one of my biggest things about aging. Like, I'm so scared to watch my parents get old. Because can you imagine just waking up one day and finding out, oh, my mom fell and she can't walk anymore and she has to use a wheelchair? Can you imagine that? 
No. That's so scary and sad. Like, they're not independent anymore. And our parents are, like, so fiercely independent. Yeah. Like, it would be really hard to see them. They figure out that. so much for themselves, you know? Just to, like, see that transition of them not being independent adults anymore, but, like, old, old adults. Like, that's just so sad. <laughs> that's so sad. Yeah. So, that's, like, my biggest fear, and I know... Like, this like we'll just have to deal with it, you yeah. know? This is something that I purposely have to block myself from thinking about. Like, I can sometimes feel like, oh, shoot, I'm going to think about my parents getting old. Like, I have to stop thinking about it. So I start trying to distract myself with, like, books or other things. Yeah. But because we're talking about it. Yeah. Like, I'm obviously very upset talking about <laughs> it. But our dad used to do this. This is, Our dad is so ridiculous sometimes. <laughs> He would bring up his death at dinner. <laughs> Which, like, everyone has a horrible I- idea with Michelle around. Like, you don't, I, you don't do things like that with Michelle around. Because I'm very emotional. And he'll be like, when I die, bury me like this, this, and this. And all this stuff. And I'll be eating dinner and I'll just start crying into my food. And then my mom will be like, why'd you have to bring that up? Yeah, but the thing is, he, my dad sees me cry and then he starts crying too. So we both start just crying into our food at dinner. So he does it to himself. It's your own fault, dude. Know. Stop doing that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like we all eat dinner normally and then suddenly we're all just crying. It's like, it's like, yay, life is so heavy. Yeah. Hey, by the way, when I die, it's like, what is wrong with so, you? So actually my mom yelled at him pretty bad. So he doesn't bring up his death that much anymore, <laughs> thankfully, because... I just cannot handle it, and yeah. I want to enjoy the time with them around. Yes, like, let's I just keep, be present. Yeah, because if yeah. I keep, like, thinking about it, I'm just not gonna, I'm just gonna dread, you know, and I'm not gonna enjoy. Yeah. So, this is why I purposely block it from my brain, and yeah. after this, I'm not gonna bring it up again. Good, because, you know, it's gonna happen, there's nothing we can do about it, and just deal with it when it comes. Yeah, exactly. It's inevitable, it's gonna happen to everyone. Yeah, so just enjoy the moment. Yeah, just be grateful yeah. for who you have in your life and just try to appreciate them. Yeah. yeah. Because you never know. You never know. But you want to be grateful for the time that you had. Exactly. There we go. Okay, Great sorry. job. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so my last big fear. This used to plague me, guys. This really, really bothered me, like, my first year post-college, okay? And it is not having an impact on the world. And I think maybe there's something with our generation feeling like, you know, we have to have careers that we're passionate about, right? And we have to have an impact on society. We have to have a platform, right? You see so many people nowadays, like, it's so much easier to get famous in today's day and age than it was back then, right? There's so many, like, outlets and stuff that you can utilize. And so the idea of, like, me dying... And, like, obviously, like, my family and friends will miss you, right? But then, like, they'll die, right? And it's, like, that's it? Like, I'm gone from the world? Yeah. Like, my mark is gone? Like, I didn't contribute in a positive way? Like, and I think for me, I felt like my contribution to society had to be some big, major, like, life-changing, society-impacting thing, right? Like, I had to, like, cure something or, like... Um, Go down in history in some type of way. Exactly. and Like, be a name that people recognize, like Marie Curie or Albert Einstein. Or, like, you know, be a philanthropist or something, right? And I don't know why... I guess it's kind of of nice that, like, I believed I could have that much of an impact on the world, right? 
And I just, you know, in my nursing career, I was just like, you know, what I'm doing, it feels so trivial compared to what I could be doing. Mm-hmm. But it's so funny because I tell people that, especially people who aren't nurses, mm-hmm. they're like, dude, you're literally a nurse. Like, you impact people every day, yeah. right? I and, think it's one of the best ways to impact people. Yeah, and like... I know I impact people in so many ways because, like, sometimes I'll, I'll watch, like, YouTube vlogs, right? Yeah. And people, like, you know, were in the hospital for some crazy traumatic thing or they were giving birth or yeah. whatever. And the thing they always say is, like, the nurses were so nice. Yeah. Or, like, I loved my nurse. I couldn't yeah. have done it without my nurse. Yeah. And not that they're talking about me. They're definitely not, right? Yeah. But it's, like, it's like wow, people really feel that way towards their nurse. Yeah. I'm sure I've had that impact on someone. Mm-hmm. Right? Especially with the amount of patients I've come across over the last two and a half years of my career. Like, Mm -hmm. there has to be at least one person I have that impact on, right? And so that really brings me a lot of solace. And it's like, also, your impact doesn't have to be this giant, wild, loud thing, in-your-face thing, right? Your impact can just be, like, you know, the way you raise your kids, right? Yeah. And then, like, who knows, down there, like family tree like you know their ancestry or whatever um like their descendants yeah you could you could contribute to someone who's so amazing in that line right or like you know just loving people and making people feel amazing and like appreciated like that's so important too and like your job is literally your contribution to society and just because it's not some like glamorous thing doesn't mean it's not important yeah. And so I feel better about that now, but the idea of me just, like, dying and, like, slipping into the void kind of bothers me. You said you had this thought in college? One year post-college. When you I was know, settling into my career and being like, this is what I'm doing for the rest of my life? Like, are you serious? You know when I had these thoughts? When? I was eight. I what? started thinking about it. Yeah. It was... I... Guys, I'm... I was a very... <laughs> very deep thinker. <sighs> I started having these, like, that existential crisis when I was eight. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, okay, I guess I had an existential crisis. Like, kind of, like, why do I exist? Like, what's the point? Yeah. Yeah. I had that, and I just remember, like, thinking about all these ways, like, how do I, like, pretty much what you were thinking, right? Mm -hmm. And I just remember thinking that so much, and then I actually read something that kind of, like, snapped me out of it. You know the guy, like, a lot of people who murder like, famous people, like, like, assassinate the presidents and stuff, mm-hmm. it's because they want to be remembered. Wow. Isn't that insane? Yeah. Or, like, some people who do, like, mass murders and stuff, it's because they want to be remembered. Ooh, and I read super that, twisted. and that scared me. I was like, ooh. And then, I think I just came to terms with it. Like, I was just like, you know what? I'm fine, because, like, I bet our ancestors back to, like, when there were, like, cave people, you know? Mm-hmm. They probably didn't even think all this was possible. They're just trying to survive. But you know what? Yeah. Their genes are still within us, you know? Yeah. They still managed to pass all that stuff on. And, like, our grandma used to, like, do this thing where she would, like, pat us a lot to make us go to sleep. And that was the best way to put me to sleep back when I was a kid because I had, like, re- really bad insomnia, right? Mm. And then I was thinking about it because I do it to my kids now. Like, I wow. pat them to sleep like that, right? And I just pat, pat, pat. And it's, like, very rhythmic. And I'm like, I wonder if all of the ancestors did that for our grandma and it got passed all the way down and now I'm passing it down to my kids. Yeah. So I'm like, there's an impact. There's something that's going to stick around. Yeah, yeah. There's like, like even the padding and it, it's just like a small As thing, simple as it is. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I'm like, something will get passed down. And if worse comes to worse, your genetics are out there somewhere. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you know, you, I sometimes like read up on like famous people and like, who's if their genetics are still out there and stuff yeah i'm like that's really interesting to see you know like their impact even after they're gone yeah well yeah and i i think 
you know, when I first graduated college, I really struggled with, like, you know, I wanted the big, glamorous, like, you know, impact and the platform and the voice. And, like, I just, I always wanted a voice. That's what I used to say, right? And, which is funny, because I literally live in America. We have freedom of speech. I have a voice, right? But, like, I wanted a big voice, big, loud, in-your-face voice. And, like, I I think now that I've gotten a little bit older, I mean, it's only been two years, but I feel like I've had a very transformative two years. Yeah. Um, I think I'm really appreciating the simple things. Yeah. Right? Like, a beautiful life does not have to be one where you're rich and you're famous and, like, you get to do all these amazing things. Like, it can just be, like, the simplicity of having a family that you can rely on yeah. and that you love so much and you do anything for. Yeah. And just, like, having a nice family dinner. right or like sitting in the backyard or like just having good friends that you can count on Mm -hmm. and that you love and like you you know are just life-giving and fill you with energy and joy like I feel like I've really had a deep appreciation for that yeah just that satisfaction with life because I don't think I was satisfied before but now I truly feel very satisfied with life with life and I'm not exactly where I want to be like 100% but I think I'm starting to be okay with like my place in the world I'm glad that it only took you, like, not that long, because I think I was, like, in distress of that, like, from all the way from eight until, like, middle of high school, and then I just Mm. suddenly had, like, this acceptance where, like, that's okay, you know, like, my impact might be small, but I'm not, it's not like I'm just gonna poof, you know, like, out of thin air, there's something that's gonna be left behind, even if it's, like, so small, Yeah, and I'm glad that we kind of came to the same conclusion, because it's, like, that little thought that nagging feeling it's truly terrible it's it's scary but like now i feel like acceptance you know sometimes i would be at work and i'd be like crushing pills or something (laughs) and i'm like i'm crushing pills i'm standing in front of like the med computer and i see my reflection (laughs) in the med computer and i'm like mini existential i'm like what am i doing here (laughs) literally what am i doing here what decisions did i make in life that got me to this position not that i hate crushing meds or anything but you're just sitting there and you're like what am i doing like what is this all about (laughs) And then I, I'm just, I have to, like, wave the thought away. I'm like, wave it away. Like, yeah. don't let it linger. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy, though, because, like, you know, the whole how did I get here thing? Yeah. I'm, like, thinking about I'm like, dang, can my eight-year-old imagine, like, my eight-year-old self even imagine where I would be now? Mm-hmm. You know, it's no. completely different. You would never be able to. Yeah. yeah. And you, your, yourself would probably wouldn't even imagine that either. Oh, I thought I'd have, like, three kids by now. Really? Yeah. I always wanted to get married young. I want to get married at, like, 21. Holy moly. Yeah, I want to have my first kid by, like, 23. Okay, so I wouldn't have three kids. I'd have, like, one, maybe one and a half. <laughs> one and a half. <laughs> I'd be growing one right now. <laughs> oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Yeah. But it's crazy where life can take you. Yeah. I think we just have to enjoy it. It's just a journey. Yeah. yeah. All right, Michelle, take us away with your last one. Okay. My last one is about mental health, you guys. I get really scared about where my mental health will be all mm-hmm. the time. But, yeah, I think that's just something I have to keep in check. But I feel like mental health is such a big thing that people are talking more and more about, which is interesting. But, personally, for me, I don't really like to bring it up that much. I don't know. I think they they really bring it up a lot nowadays, and I think people can get labeled by it. Yeah, I, yeah. I get very scared of, like, any stereotypes that, like, come up with mental health. Mm-hmm. And... It's, like, a topic that makes me very uncomfortable. Like, I don't judge people when they have mental health problems. But personally, for me, it's something that scares me. You know? Like, where my mental health will be. 
So maybe that's like something we can talk about a little bit more one day, but it's just something I'm not super comfortable talking about right now. Mm-hmm. But it's like a pretty big part of like my life. Mm-hmm. And so I just always want to make sure that mental health is something that people keep in check, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Whether you have issues with it or not. Yeah. I think it's important that people start paying attention because a lot of mental health things go unnoticed. And like when they do get really bad, it really drains from people, you know, like yeah. it drains. It's very the people around you. Yeah. yeah. Like it, it, it's ruined like a lot of people's lives that I've seen, you know, like, like another thing about mental health, like, like addiction is a form of mental health problems, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, I've seen so many people, like their whole entire family falls apart because of somebody's addiction. Yeah. And so that's why it's something that just scares me. It is very scary, and it, there's not a clear way to fix it, like, yeah. with a lot of physical ailments. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, but I'm glad there's so much research into it, and that we even have, like, as much ad- as advancement as we do now, you know? Like, can you imagine back then people thought it was all demons? Yeah, and they, like, <laughs> chain people to, yeah. like, poles yeah. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what's funny? I was, like, looking at this, like, old medical book diagram thing. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, showing a treatment for migraines oh, no. that people had back then. Guess what it was? Were they drilling stuff into their head? Like, burr holes, kind of? Okay, no, it wasn't burr holes. Oh. So you put your, like, the person with a migraine would stick their head into this pot, and they would bang the pot as loud as they could. Oh, my god! <laughs> like, that sounds awful. That sounds like... like... It would make it worse. Exactly. But that's what they thought worked at the time, so... No one yeah. really knows what they're actually doing. Yeah, it's it's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, so I think we're good on the topic, right? Yeah, sorry for being so emotional, you guys. No, don't don't apologize for I being know. emotional. I don't think people come on to hear that, though, you know? Like... No, Michelle, they come on to hear real family gossip. Okay. Okay? Okay. And that was real. It was too real. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. What'd you guys think? Do you like to hear Michelle cry? or No! no? no I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wait, actually, speaking of real life, before we go to Michelle's library, um... So, guys, we have been thinking of, like, actually, not really we. It's mostly me, because I'm just sitting around bored with my thoughts. Oh, my God. Thinking about ways to, like, spice up the potty a little bit. Um, Would you guys be interested if we did on Instagram, like, a follow me around or, like, see what I do for the day, right? Just, like, just here and there, like, snippets of our life. Is that something you care about? Or you're like, no, stay in your lane and just do the podcast. Like, we hear enough about you guys. (laughs) Is that something you'd want to do? Because I've been thinking about it. I'm like, that might be interesting to, like, for people to see what I do in my life or what Michelle does in her life. Mina's is going to be more interesting, you guys. I just study all the time. I don't think... People love (laughs) seeing the mundane things, though. Because it helps them feel like, okay, I have a mundane life, too. Like, that's okay. (laughs) Everyone has moments like this, right? Everyone's just living a regular life. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like when influencers get, like, super famous and so much money and they just become, like, out of touch with reality and unrelatable. People love the relatable okay so anyways let us know if you'd be interested in that or not you can tell the truth that's fine (laughs) okay so today we're gonna do michelle's library okay so i'm I'm talking about a book today you guys and it kind of has to do with our our fears okay so when i was pregnant i went through this phase where i was like very anxious and like scared about everything that could like potentially go wrong with a baby right Mm -hmm. and I went down this whole rabbit hole. You know what preppers are? No. You don't know what a prepper is? I have no clue. Okay, so you know people who prepare for the apocalypse? 
Oh, yes. They're called preppers. Did not okay. know that. Okay. So I went down this whole rabbit hole. Guys, I did not prep, but I did read this book called Survival Mom. And it's written by a prepper. Okay. okay. <laughs> You're judging. <laughs> Chill out. No, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm just skeptical. Okay, that's okay. it. I read this book by this mom who's a prepper, okay? But the thing is, a lot of preppers are guys who want to, like, basically make giant bunkers under their house, okay? Mm-hmm. This mom prepper was not like that. She's like, this is how you get your family prepared for emergencies. That's it. That's not a prepper then, right? No, it is prepper because she, so she basically had different levels, you know? She's like, whatever you do, like, even if you just grow herbs on your windowsill, that's like a form of like just being prepared for something, you Mm -hmm. know? She's like, you don't have to have all this stuff, but here's what I do. And here's like different levels of stuff that you can do. It's a very non-judgmental book. Okay. okay? It just explained like, like really cool different things. So like it, it was unique because you don't need a bunker. Okay. Okay. So I like that. And it, it was about how to prioritize taking care of your family in emergencies. And it mentioned a lot of cool things. It's like, like one of the chapters talked about like thinking about emergencies that would have like the most direct impact on you. For example, if you live in California, you're probably not going to have to deal with a tornado. So don't right. prep for a tornado, you know? Yeah, yeah. And like it was talking about different things and like supply. It actually mentioned supply chains and pandemics. So And this book was written before the pandemic? It was written before the pandemic. It's actually kind of an older book. Uh-huh. It's been out for a while now, okay? But uh-huh. it was written before the pandemic, and it was talking about how, like, supply chains are, like, pretty much last minute. Like, everything is, like, like you just get it when you need it, you know? There's right. no, like, backups, pack, backups or, like, early shipments or anything like that. And we saw that with the pandemic, with yeah. PPE and, like, everything running out, you know? And we still see it today. right and it was just talking about how to prepare for that like make sure that you can last a certain while like how to stock things like how to purify water if you don't have water Mm. like just cool things like that you know or like did you know that water doesn't have to be boiling to be disinfected no yeah it's just they only say boiling because that's an easy way to tell but it, it can be a lower temperature and there's this, like, whole candle wax, like, trick that you can use to, like, kind of figure it out. I don't remember it, but I have to reread the book. Whoa, this book is really interesting. Yeah, and I was like, is this stuff accurate? So I started looking it up, and the CDC agreed with all the things that the book was saying. Wow. Because it taught you how to use bleach to purify water. Because it's actually safe to drink bleach in very small oh, amounts. Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't know that, yeah. Yeah, but that book taught me that. And I was like, that's really cool, you know? Hmm. And it showed you how to store foods, but make sure that doesn't expire. Like, you can cycle it into your, like, daily right. foods and stuff. And, right. like, how much you need to last, like, this certain amount. And just cool things like that. So I thought it was really nice. And I... <laughs> Uh, there was this disaster nurse, like this, basically a nurse who like handles disasters, you know, like, like she was there for 9-11 and like different tsunamis and earthquakes and stuff. And like, I kind of mentioned this book to my friends and I was like, they're going to judge me for being a prepper. Uh Like, I'm not a prepper, you guys, but like, I like knowing that stuff, you know? Yeah. And they're like, no, that's awesome that you know that, like Uh that you can be prepared and that you know how many like teaspoons or tablespoons of bleach you would need for this amount of water you know Uh to like purify it and stuff so I just thought it was like a cool book and if you know you ever want to just be emergency prepared in general like have emergency kits and stuff yeah like it's it's a nice one to read because it's not like an insane book you know It's, it's like here's what you need to do to survive so what about this disaster nurse what was the point of that? Oh, I, I just brought up the book because she was talking about, like, different ways to, like, survive or something. Sorry. Oh, so you were talking to her about it. 
I wasn't talking to her about it, but I was talking to my classmates about, like, what she was saying. Oh. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, okay. that was kind of, like, I lost my train of thought there. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> but I just think it's a really cool book. It's, like, well-written, you know, and it has, like, lists of things that you can do just to be prepared and, like, have go packs for your kids, you know? Like, I don't have that stuff yet, but I hope that one day... You know, we see, like, stuff with the pandemic and, yeah. like, earthquakes and stuff. I, I want our kids to be prepared and yeah. for them to be able to have their best chances if something goes wrong. What's it called again? Uh, survival Mom. Mm. Yeah. I might read that. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Yeah. Just just have, like, first... I mean, we already know, like, first aid, right? But sure. we need, like, first preparedness. Got it. Yeah. Got it. I thought it was... I learned about all that supply chain stuff before okay. it even happened. I might read it then. Yeah. It's cool. Nice. All right. Well, I guess that's it for today's podcast. Mm-hmm. Thanks for sticking it out with us, guys. <laughs> and like a roller coaster. <laughs> we hope we will see you next week on the potty. Bye.